Let's uh, go now to Dr. Carol Cusack. We've been mapping the millennium with Carol, uh, getting through the last 1,000 years, which is no mean feat. Just before we do, we've had a, another call on uh, on Joseph Heller. It was actually Professor John Pollard at the University of Sydney who invited Joseph Heller to Sydney uh, once for the lecture on the subject, apparently. Uh, so uh, thanks to... A listener, <laughs> Professor Amati, who is actually John Pollard's wife. So uh, thanks for all that information coming in about Joseph Heller. Lots of uh, lots of time to reminisce today about uh, your stories on Joseph Heller. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Carol Cusack joins me on the line. She's not in the studio this morning as she normally is because of the bus strike. Hello, Carol. Hi, Sally. How are you? Look, I'm well. Uh, you didn't miss the bus. There were none to catch. No, I didn't even know about the strike. And I'm afraid I sat at a bus stop for 20 minutes before a kindly young man said, there aren't any buses, you'd better walk. <laughs> I managed to make it to work, but I'm afraid that there were no taxis either. So I thought it was safer to use the phone. I think that's so. A, uh, a problem of the 20th century. <laughs> let's, uh, let's try and cover the 20th century in, in the time we've got. Extremely difficult. But you've decided to focus on the wars of the 20th century, particularly the... Uh, the development of the atom bomb? I thought that because I'm primarily a religious historian, I'm interested in things that I think have profound spiritual significance for, well, everyone, for humanity. And uh, I was very touched when I was in England last December going through the Imperial War Museum in London about the the profound effect that World War One had made on the psyche of Europeans. Um, but one of the really interesting things, of course, about World War Two, is that firstly it moves to a much greater media stage, so people know more about it, there's more film footage, there's, there's coverage in ways that there wasn't before. But of course there were two great things that characterised the Second World War that um, somehow kind of dwarf everything else and, and they're the two H's, Hiroshima and the Holocaust mm. and I think that they do have profound spiritual significance for people because they are about the mass destruction of fellow humans um, for different reasons of course that Nazism had a certain philosophy inverted commas which, which led them to try to eradicate Jewish people and also homosexual people and gypsies and, and socialists and, and so on and of course the uh, Americans were just trying to make a point the kind of point so, so enormous that the Japanese simply couldn't keep on fighting against mm. them with the dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima in, on the 6th of August in 1945. Mm. And I, I think what's interesting about these two events too is that we've striven, I think, very, very carefully in this century uh, to ensure that we don't forget them. We, we've built museums, we've built, we, we, uh, there's, there's constantly new material that's dug up in, in documentaries to show us and to tell us that we must never forget these incidents. Yes, well, of course, I remember as a, as a teenager marching for Hiroshima Day, which still happens every year. I must confess I haven't done it for a while. And yes, Holocaust museums and art and memorials, which bring and, and keep those people alive and, and in our memory, are tremendously important things and I do think that we do have to remember it for for other well, well they are important historical events yes but we also have to remember them because they would try to make us believe that 
you can depersonalize human beings mm. you can simply get rid of people um, and if you begin to believe that you cross the line I think away from genuine human values mm. last night my partner and I went to see the third man the Chauvel which has been uh, it's, a, it's a new print of the film yes the scene in the in the um, um, Ferris wheel where Harry Lyme says to Holly Martins, if you were given £20,000 for every one of those dots on the ground mm. you eradicated, you wouldn't care, really. And what his argument was is if you can't see them, if you're far enough away from them, they're not really people. Mm. And because I'm a medievalist, really, by training, uh, it, it always strikes me that, that in the Middle Ages, really right up to the renaissance when when firearms became more common to kill someone you actually had to grapple hand to hand you had to touch their body you had to look them in the eye to look them in the eye you had to stick a knife or a sword or a spear into them yes but once the firearm was invented you could you could step back you could you could kill them at a distance mm. cannon is bigger by the time you get to the dropping of the atom bomb, which killed 40,000 people instantaneously in Nagasaki on the 9th of August in 1945, and about one third of the population of Hiroshima three days earlier, and that was about 100,000 people. Mm. You, you're talking about something different. Yep. And I think that that's one of the things that characterizes the 20th century, massive growth in technology, which perhaps hasn't been paralleled by a growth in in moral or ethical values. Mm. I think that's why the people who urge us not to forget these events are onto a good thing. I think they're terrified, and we are terrified as, as human beings, of, uh, of forgetting, of losing that humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting points you make there, and it got me thinking, too, about the uh, the developments in the technology for war, the Gulf War. I mean, I remember sitting around uh, watching all that cable coming in from the Gulf War, and we were just watching what looked like video games. We, you know, it was, it was killing was removed even another step. Yes, those burning fears that you used to see and it was like this is this has a certain unreality to mm. it. and that is very interesting because of course I'm the way I'm talking I suppose would would make it sound like I think that the Second World War is very very important it's it's also equally important to remember that more people have died in a period of world peace since 1945 than died in both World War one and two put together mm. and that's because local conflicts those smaller conflicts nowadays contemporary technology applies even to local conflict. Yes, well, we had the dreadful figures this morning that one in four children are at risk of um, terrible disadvantage because of the all the different wars that are going on now at the end of this century still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it seems to me that there are reasons to feel hopeful at the end of the 20th century. Some very good things have happened in the last decade, um, a, bit, a bit before the decade. Well, yeah, decade, OK. Fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, I think, was a period of tremendous hopefulness for a lot of people. It hasn't always perhaps come to fruition, but there's um, something 
there, the Truth and Justice, um, Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa, which you mentioned we were talking last week. Mm. Um, these things look ahead, but it seems that um, we talk about globalisation all the time. The two world wars this century were something that kind of brought the fact of globalisation home to people, you know, for the first time, I guess. And now by the end of the century, it's a much more profound phenomenon. We are all linked by many things, not just the internet and sort of trendy bits, but by, you know, various global capitalist um, economic uh, patterns. But uh, I think that there's a long way to go, I guess, before a a kind of global ethic, a a global vision emerges. Mm. Let's hope that that's something that we might achieve in the next century, Carol Cusack. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all the weeks and the uh, the incredible research you've been putting into this. It's been a fascinating journey that you've taken us on right from, I think, that we started off in the 10th century right through to now. Uh, it's It's been a wonderful uh, history lesson for us, some great reminders. And uh, I, I thank you very much for your time and, and hope we can talk uh, next year. And Well, not quite the new millennium. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. It's been terrific fun. Yes. Carol Cusack there, Dr. Carol Cusack, who's a lecturer in religious studies at the University of Sydney. Uh, uh, she's been taking us through the centuries, I think, in, in, a, in a most interesting way, uh, informing us not just of the history, but of, of, of the social patterns, of the, uh, the religious patterns too, uh, the, the humanity 